Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Chapter 3, if you have your Bibles. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. Someone will make sure that you get one. John chapter 3. We're talking about developing the human spirit, part 2. Last week we started the series... Um, and we're going to continue on the next two Sundays. And t- today we're going to focus on sowing to the Spirit. Everybody say sowing to the Spirit. Okay, thank you. That was three of y'all. Um, the rest of y'all join us. Sowing to the Spirit. Okay, let's look at John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. It says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, We know that you are a teacher sent from God, or come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the Spirit, um, and, and that which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sounds, but you do not know where it comes from and where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. So we see Jesus interacting with a ruler of the synagogue, a ruler of the Jews of that day, and he is communicating with him a principle that is all for all time. He, I like the fact that Jesus is putting the man not only with his immediate, immediate audience, but also those who will come after Nicodemus. He says, um, how can, he says, you cannot even see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. And we talked about what it means to be born again. Born again is not just a, a, a phrase that came out that was coined back in 1970s. In the 1970s, um, there was what is called the Jesus movement, um, um, the Jesus love mu- uh, movement. And they had flowers and the hippies and, and they had the cars and and, and there were some great things that took place, and then some horrible things that took place as well. And, and it was said that, oh, I'm a born-again Christian. That was that phrase that went around in the 70s. And so we see here that um, Jesus is saying um, that you must be born again. So that, that term, born again, did not originate with those in the 70s, but it actually went further back. God had this, this in mind way back in, in the eons of time before time began. And so Jesus says, unless you are born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Notice that the word see is something that we, we, we don't really see a physical kingdom, do we? But he is talking about not only the kingdom now, but the kingdom to come, the fullness of that kingdom. You cannot see the kingdom of God unless you are born again. The most important question that you will ever answered, answer is, are you born again? And, and that term has been twisted, but it simply means to be born from up above. Yeah. Mean to be born from up above. It means to be saved. What it does it mean to be saved is we're saved from our sins. We're saved from the wrath to come. We're saved from um, hell. We're saved from judgment. We're saved from ourselves. We're saved from the curse. And so that is a question that we need to answer. Are you born again? We said last week that you can mentally agree with Jesus and not be born again. You can actually believe that Jesus is the Son of God and still not believe 
still not be born again. It's not agreeing to a, a bunch of facts or articles of state of faith, but it's actually having the Spirit of God change you from the inside out, where the Holy Spirit takes your heart of stone and gives you a heart of flesh. And so the other day, um, as I like to tell stories, the other day I was um, uh, with uh, a friend at the job, and he was going through a troubling time, and he was broken, and he was crying. Um, the Lord supernaturally, sovereignly put us together in a basement. Everybody say the basement. So this basement was, um, we've heard rumors there were dead people in the basement. There were drunk people in the basement. Um, there are definitely rats and mices and a mouse uh, in, the, in the basement. There's um, roaches, water roaches in the basement, and we saw some of that while we were down there. And so when the supervisor told us that we're going to the basement, I said, are you sure? I mean, there's nothing else that you can do. Uh, send us, no, you're all going to the basement. And so we, we prepared ourselves. I, I got a, a mask, and, and he didn't have a mask. And, and so I prepared to go to the basement. And as we're in the basement, um, they want us to clean up this, what is called, what we call a slime. There was slime on the floor and dirt on top of the slime. And we, we had to shovel the slime up, and, and they wanted to see the, the bottom of the slime, wanted this area to be clean. And so what we did is um, he gave us that assignment. It was an impossible assignment. So in the midst of that, I asked the Holy Spirit to show me how to get it up, how to, how to make the, fulfill this job assignment. And so the Lord prompted me to get some water. I got some buckets of water. And the, the, my friend, he, he actually had the inspiration from the Spirit to go get, find, get this water hose and bring it over. And so as we did that, we were able to do our jobs faithfully. Everybody say faithfully. faithfully. In the midst of that, in, the, in about six or seven hours of doing that, um, the manager came down. And he says, man, I really didn't think y'all were going to do that. So he gave us an assignment that he had no faith that that was going to be fulfilled. So we did it, but in the midst of it, for those six, seven hours, I was able to witness uh, once again to this young man. This is my second time. The, the Lord gave us the opportunity to spend this time together, and he was broken over some things. He was hurting, and I'm, he, I'm listening to him, and I'm praying and asking the Lord to give me words, asking the Lord to lead me. I want to minister the gospel. I want to be bold about it. I don't want to just sneak Jesus in. I want to be bold about it. And so as he's crying, as he's broken, and I began to minister to him about the gospel, the good news, the message of Jesus. And he says, I'm not born again, but I do believe in Jesus. I know he's the Lord. And it's just amazing that he recognized that he's the Lord, and yet he recognized that God is good, and yet he wasn't born again. How many people you know that recognize the Lord as being the Lord? And the man upstairs, they like to say. And, and, and yet, they are not born again. And so I began to talk to him about being born again, what it means to be born again, what, what it means to place his faith in Jesus. And he says, so, so if I, he's a cusser. He cusses. I mean, like every other word is uh, F. Um, he, he cusses. And he says, um, Dwayne, do I have to give up cussing if I get saved? I say, <laughs> and uh, he says, and do I have to go to church every Sunday if I get born again? And I said, well, let's not focus on that. I said, God doesn't clean the fish before he gets it. I said, so God will change you from the inside out. So don't worry about not cussing. Don't worry about not coming to church. But understand that there is a price to pay to following Jesus and what it means to be born again. So I began to minister to him about this gospel. Every job that I've ever had, God has been faithful to give me an opportunity to preach the gospel. 
And I'm telling you, um, I wrote it on my Facebook post and I said, I'm anointed to win millions, to, to win millions of people to Christ and to lead them into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they'll write about me in the history books. And so that, that morning, I, I began, as we were waiting to clock out, I confessed before all these um, people that I work with, I said, you'll read about me in the history books, and you'll say, I worked with that man. And one guy says, you think highly of yourself. I said, I sure do. I said, I don't think more highly than I am, but I do know my assignment, and so I do think highly of myself. The Bible says, do not think more highly than yourself than you are, but, but we are to think highly according to the grace that's to be given to us. And so I said, wait a minute, I'm going to, I said, yeah, you're right about me in the history book. And then I worked with Dave's brother, and, bro, and Dave's brother said, you're worried about me too. <laughs> and actually, PD, you going to, he calls me PD, he said, PD, um, your name is going to be under my name. <laughs> I said, man, look at this guy. And so, um, <laughs> and so I'm telling you, I began to witness to this young man, and I'm telling you, he wrote down, I, we, I prayed with this young man. We were in the basement. I, I laid hands, and I'm looking to see if the supervisor's coming. Uh, and I'm like, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you open up his eyes. Uh, God, I thank you that, Lord, he, he said he felt like his world had crumbled. I said, and it was 9-11. I said, just like the Twin Towers, right? He said, yeah, absolutely. He said, I felt like my world crashed. And I said, well, I, I want you to know, but Jesus wants to invade your world. And so I used that, that crisis that he was going through to introduce the gospel to him. Come on. I'm looking at a bunch of soul-winning people, right? And he's, he agreed to come to church, and he's coming to the, he's coming to the anniversary, on the celebration. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God is in the business of people. I'm telling you, we are anointed to witness. Some people want to be, oh, I want this anointing, and I want to fulfill the purpose. What is my destiny? But your destiny, first and foremost, starts with being born again, and then, it's, and then it takes the next step of being filled, and then the next step is to be a witness. And you're called and anointed to witness. Now, you can't witness to somebody you don't have a rapport with. That means I listened to that, that young man over and over. I talked with him. I played with him. We joked around. And because there was a report for six or five months, for five months, I had his ear five months later preaching to him the gospel of Jesus Christ. You cannot go in and kick the door down. You got to knock the door. You got to knock on the door. And if the door is open, you walk into it and you establish a relationship with the people that you're going to witness. You don't just go in. I mean, there's times that God leads you to witness to strangers. But most of the witnessing that God has called us to do is to witness one-on-one -on -one with people that we know, the relationships that we have. And because of that relationship that I established five months ago, I was able to witness to him once again, so, I'm watering the seed that was sown months ago when I witnessed to him and whatever else he was introduced to. And he actually has, I call him triple threat. He's a triple threat because he can be bought. He can um, sing, and he can rap. And I said, dude, because when we were working upstairs in this horrible situation, he, was, he said, hey, hey, do you, you know this song? I said, oh, what, what song are you talking about? He says, Oceans, by the Hill Song. I said, sing a little bit of it. <laughs> and he sung it. I said, oh. I said, you're a singer. I said, you come to my church, you're going to sing. You're going to sing Oceans. And he's like, no, I'm not a singer. I'm not a singer. He's, he's, he's Brazilian. I said, yeah, you, you can sing. You got something, man. And I said, can I record you singing? So I put on my Instagram. He said, oh, no, no. He said, but if you know the, if you sing the lyrics with me, I, we'll record it. I, don't, I didn't know the lyrics. And so I was like, 
I just know oceans beyond something. <laughs> I was like, uh. And he said, well, I can't, I'm not going to do it until you do it. But anyway, but God used that opportunity to witness. And I'm telling you, we need to tell people about how, how to be born again. Our, our, mission, our, vision statement, our mission statement is preparing people for eternity. And one way we prepare people for eternity is preaching the gospel to them. I'm, I'm about snatching a bunch of people from hell and taking them to heaven with me. Amen. I want to populate heaven with people. Amen. It's not enough for me just to go to heaven. I mean, I want to see his face. I'm going to dance. I'm going to be louder than all of y'all. I'm going to really show out when I see his face. I'm going to have my socks on, and on the street of goals, I'm going to just scroll down. That's what I've been waiting for since I was a little boy. I'm going to do it. Um, but I'm telling you, before, beyond that, I want to populate people, populate heaven with people. And God is in the business of winning people, the lost. And I'm telling you, you need to start now. Start thinking about how to evangelize. Start praying for boldness. Start praying for clarity. Don't just sit back and, oh, use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Then God gives you relationships. Then he wants you to be used, right? So look for opportunities. And so here Jesus is introducing what it means to be born again. He said, and Nicodemus says, how can a man go back into his mother's womb and come back again? And he's basically saying, listen, I'm, what I'm talking about is spiritual. As, unless you're born of the water and of the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You cannot enhance this Christ. And so here Jesus is introducing um, the theology or the doctrine of being born again. And he, he says, you must be born again. Don't marvel that I say you must be born again. This is not just an option, but it's a command. You must be born again. If you're going to see the kingdom, if you're going to enter the kingdom, if you're going to know the Christ, you've got to be born again. And I'm telling you, that's what the church is called to do. The church is called and anointed to witness to people and lead them into the to what it means to be born again, teaching people how to receive Christ. And, and so he goes on, he says, listen, he says, just like the wind blows where it wishes and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from and where it goes, so it is with everyone who is born again. You may not necessarily see the internal change that takes place, but you will see the effects of a person that is born again. God will show up. Listen, you cannot have God in your life and him not show up. He's going to show up in, the, in a way of repentance, in the way of faith, in the way of the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. So you, um, Jesus is saying you must be born again. And so, again, born again means to be born from up above. It is God's DNA in us. We are born of the Word and of the Spirit. His Spirit causes us to be born again. Our human spirit was recreated. We went from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. God, the Holy Spirit, <coughs> took the work of Jesus and applied it to our lives. And so when we get saved, Jesus didn't necessarily save us in the sense of dying on the cross and being raised from the dead, but we, that work that he did two, over 2,000 years ago was applied to our lives. And we receive that work. So to be born again, to, to be saved, is to receive what God did for us in Christ. And so we need to teach people how to receive. Our job is to proclaim the gospel and to teach people how to receive what Jesus did. Jesus already did the work. We need to teach them how to receive. And so let's go to a, a few scriptures dealing with this. Let's go to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And let's go to verse 25. Luke chapter 1, verse 25. 
talking about developing your human spirit, sowing to the spirit. Luke chapter 1, verse, verses 20, excuse me, 26 through 38. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It talks about in the sixth month of the, of the angel, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Notice that usually when angels appear or Jesus appears, they always talk about not being afraid. The term, do not be afraid of, fear not, is mentioned about 365 times in the Bible. So that's every day we need to be reminded not to fear. Fear is of the enemy. Fear, the greatest fear is the fear of death. And so we need to resist fear. Fear is a spirit. God has not given us a spirit of fear. And so the angel, first thing that he, he said to Mary, do not be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall... Call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And so Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? How is it that she's going to get pregnant and she has never known a man? How is it that she does not have the sperm from a man and yet she's going to conceive? And, and then the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Yeah. Behold, you, you, your relative Elizabeth is in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the six months with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. And let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And so here we see Jesus, I mean, Mary, receiving the word of the Lord. At the word of the Lord, Jesus was conceived inside of Mary's physical body. And I'm going to submit to this to you. Just like Mary received Jesus, the physical Jesus, according to God's word, when we receive his word, we receive the spiritual Jesus in the, in the sense of receiving Jesus into our spirit, receiving the salvation that's in Christ Jesus. Just like Mary was conceived by, from the Holy Spirit, we too are conceived and receive Christ in our lives. Are you with me? So you see a, a physical example of how someone is born again by looking at the, the incarnation, just how Jesus was incarnated inside of Mary we, too, receive this salvation that is in Jesus. Amen. Um, let's go to Genesis chapter 1. That's the first book in the Bible, Genesis chapter 1. Is this making sense? If you, if you don't understand, hold on. Genesis chapter 1, talking about developing the human spirit. Here you go. It says, verse 1, in the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So before there was a beginning, God was, okay? We, we, we understand that God is not... He does not live in time. He does, time does not constrain him. Time is um, something that he introduced to the world. But we, um, God is outside of time. He starts time. He ends time. He says, I'm the beginning and I'm the ending, right? I'm the first and I'm the last. I'm everything in between. And before there was a beginning, I was there, right? 
God was before there was of was, right? And it goes on, it says, the earth was without form and void, and the darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering, hovering over the face of the water. And so even as we see the creation, right, the creation of the world, we see that the Holy Spirit was waiting for the Word to bring into creation, to bring, in, bring creation into existence. So Mary, at the Word, the Holy Spirit was waiting for the Word by the Lord through the angel to be received and when that word was received, the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. Are y'all seeing the parallel? You see, in the creation, creation came into existence by the word of God in the spirit. Jesus came into, into the earth through the word of God in the spirit. We are born of the water, which represents the word and of the Spirit. And so we too receive, when we receive, the Spirit of God is waiting to bring new creation in our lives when we receive the Word and the Spirit moves on that Word. Come on, that, that, that's enough for you getting dressed and coming all the way across town. Let's go to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's show you scripturally. Where is this in the scripture, Pastor Dwayne? I'm glad you asked. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're talking about being born again, developing your human spirit, sowing to the spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and let's start with verse 1. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Um, it says, therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful and underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we will commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. If our gospel is veiled. King James says, if our gospel is hidden, it is hidden or veiled to those who are perishing. You know, the gospel is hidden from those who are not saved. If someone's not born again, they do not understand the gospel. They do not see the gospel. So the first thing you should pray for when you think about your lost loved ones is to pray for their eyes to be open. Don't just pray. Let me say this. This is going to mess with your religious brain, a theology. Don't just pray, Lord, save them. Why, Pastor Wayne? That, 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 I think that's scriptural. Well, Jesus has already done the work for them to be saved. So we're not praying for God to save them. We're praying for their eyes to be open for them to receive him. Come on now. We want, him, we want them to receive. That our job is to proclaim. The Holy Spirit's job is to move on that word, and then they can receive. Okay, let's look at this. It says... Um, the gospel is hid from those who are perishing. In their case, the case of the unbeliever, that's a book, the case of the unbeliever. In their case, the God of this world, little g, the God of this world has blinded who? The what? The minds of the unbelievers. So if, if someone is not saved, is not a believer, they have been blinded by the God of this world. Satan is the God of this world. How does Satan become the God of this world? When Adam transgressed against God Almighty, he transferred his authority as the little God of this world to Satan. Satan became the God of this world. He is ruling and reigning. Our God is not the God of this world yet. 
I know we like to say, God is in control. James Hall got a song called, God is in control, God is in control. That's nice in theory, but in reality, he is not in control like we think he is. Because if God was in control, everyone would be saved. If God is in control, there would be no famine. If God is in, are you with me now? Now, 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 he's in control of those who submit to him. Now, one day, this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ. But right now, it's under the dominion of Satan. First John says that the world lies in darkness. All right? So when I say that, don't, well, you mean to tell me that God is not in control of my life? As you submit to him, yes, he is. But if you don't submit to him, he's not. Okay, are y'all with me, right? I know we got some sovereign people. Oh, he's sovereign. He does whatever he wants to. That's nice, and that's true in some sense. But in some sense, it's not. He gives you, he honors your will. He honors your choice. If you decide to starve your death, he'll let you starve your death, yourself to death. Are you with me? So, so don't get it twisted that we, you know, everything that happens in your life is not because of God. I'm telling you, some people, so many people blame God. They blame God, oh, I, 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 I'm sick, so it must be God. Oh, I lost my job, it must be God. Maybe you were late too many times. Uh, I, I, I'm broke. Maybe you didn't, um, was a faithful steward over your money. Right, right. So, so don't blame God for something that we are responsible for or Satan is responsible for. Someone dies of cancer, God is not behind that cancer. Torin Wells, uh, one of my favorite singers these days, he has a song called The Hills and Valley. He's the God of the hills and the valley. He's the God that put me on the hill, and he's the God that sees me in the valley. Uh, he's the Lord that gives. This is going to change your life right now. He's the Lord that gives and takes, right? Okay, but, but uh, you know, well, he took, took away my joy. He took away my joy. No, 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 no. He took your sorrow and gave you joy. The Lord gives and he takes away. He gives life and takes death. He gives peace where there's, and he takes anxiety. Are you with me? The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. What is he taking? He's not taking what he gave you. He's taking what the enemy gave you. Are you with me? He, ta he takes the curse and gives you the blessing. He, he takes death and gives you life. He takes sickness and gives you health. He takes poverty and gives you wealth. He takes ignorance and gives you wisdom. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. I agree with that statement. That doesn't mean he takes your joy. He, gives, he takes sorrow and gives you joy. He takes ungodly habits and gives you good habits. <laughs> the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Don't tell me he takes away what he gave. He takes away what is not that shouldn't be there. As you submit to his lordship, as you submit to his godship, godhood, then he will take what shouldn't be there, and he'll add what should be there. He is a math, I say it again, he's a mathematician. He gives, he adds, and he, he subtracts. He divides, and he multiplies. Seek the kingdom, he'll add. Follow him, you'll lose, and then you'll find. Amen. He'll multiply the seed sown. Catch it on the way home. Verse 4. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel 
of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Notice Paul is saying they're blinded. They cannot see. They do not see. They're in darkness. The world is in darkness. Don't ever be offended by ungodly people cussing. That's the nature. I'm around a bunch of cussing all the time. I mean, they, I, I've heard the F word more in, th in this season than I have my entire life. And I'm not that old. <laughs> and I'm telling you, that's, I'm not offended by that because that's their language. That's, it's expected of them. Sinners do what sinners are supposed to do, right? That, that's what's inside of them. That's what they're used to. And so don't be offended. Be able to be so strong in your God that it doesn't get in you and that you can speak blessings. You could be a man with, or a woman without cussing, but you're a person of blessing. I speak blessings on you. I don't curse you with a curse. I speak blessing on you. I come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I bring blessings. I come in the fullness of the gospel. When I get on this job, this job is blessed. Right? If I live in my neighborhood, it's blessed because I'm there. Because I'm in this family, this family is blessed. I bring the blessings because I bring the Christ. All right, in their case, send the light of the gospel, who's the image of God, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and so forth. And so we see here that this scripture tells us that the gospel is blinded. I mean, if the gospel has been blinded, it's blinded by those who don't believe, those who, are, who have not received Christ. And the Bible says in Romans 1, 16, it says, um, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the kingdom, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. And so we see that the gospel must be preached and the gospel must be received. Everybody say the gospel must be preached. It must be received. Now, now let's go to Romans chapter 10. My time is getting away. Romans chapter 10. Let's go there real quick. Romans chapter 10. And I want you to take a look at it. This is a famous scripture that we are familiar with. Verse 9. Let's start with verse 9. It says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And we talked about, for with the heart one believes and is justified, with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For what the scripture says, for the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord is Lord over all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. So there is no difference between rich or poor, black or white, Jew or Greek. If, if everyone calls on the Lord, they'll receive his riches. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you call on the name of the Lord, if, you're, if you need salvation and being born again, call on him. If you need deliverance from demons, call upon him. If you need wisdom, call upon him. You'll be saved from whatever you call whatever Jesus you Whatever Jesus you believe for, that's the Jesus you'll get. You believe him for the healing. As Christ the healer, you call on him as the healer. He'll, you'll be saved from your sickness and disease. Verse 14, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? Notice that the unbeliever cannot see, therefore they cannot believe. And it said, and how are they to believe in him in whom they've never heard? First they believe. First, okay, so if they believe, then they'll call. But if they don't have not heard of him, they cannot call. How are they to hear without someone preaching? <laughs> and how are they to preach? Unless they are sent. But they are, um, verse 17, so faith comes by hearing, hearing through the word of Christ. So our job for the unbeliever is to pray for God to open their eyes, number one. For number two, Jesus said in Matthew, 
pray that the Lord of the harvest would send laborers across their path. So we're praying for their eyes to be open and for laborers to come across their path. Let's go there real quick. Um, Matthew, Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. Let's go to 35 real quick. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. This was not in my notes. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. It says this. Matthew 9, 35. It says, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues. <clears throat> Notice Jesus was a teacher. That Jesus the teacher was very, very prominent in his ministry. Teaching is very prominent. And proclaiming or preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they, they were, um, hard, um, they were hard, har- harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is what? Pulling for, but the laborers are what? Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his harvest. So we need to pray for God to send laborers. Okay? And so... Pray for their eyes to be open and pray for God to send people into their path. So you could be an answer to someone who prayed for the Lord of the harvest. At your job, in your community, in your circle, God sends you and makes you take, a, take all these classes so you can become an engineer to be in this world of engineers so that you can proclaim the gospel. You see the bigger picture? It's much more than you being rich. It's about the purpose and the mission of God. God's mission is to get people saved, get them born again. And so God, as you pray for God to open someone's eyes, God, and then the next prayer is, Lord, send laborers. That's how you pray for the lost. Don't just pray, Lord, save Uncle Joe. In Jesus' name, I'm asking you to save Uncle Joe. How unscriptural that is. There needs to be more clarity than that. Lord, I pray for Uncle Joe's eyes that his eyes will see the glorious gospel of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you will send laborers across Uncle Joe's paths in Jesus' name. You see how much more, more focused that prayer is than just, Lord, save them? And so as you pray that, God moves on some Christian's heart to friend Joe, Uncle Joe, and they become buddies. They, he got a report. They're playing basketball every week. And then all of a sudden, you know, he noticed that Uncle Joe, Uncle, I mean, um, this friend is not cussing doing basketball. We noticed that Uncle Joe's not, I mean, this friend is not laughing at Uncle Joe's jokes about women. Yes. Come on now. And we see that Uncle, uh, this friend by Uncle Joe, he's living an upright life. Yes. And so now Uncle Joe's like, he's different. Why is he different? Um, uh, okay, then now... Um, um, this friend wants to, wants to share the gospel, so the Holy Spirit moves on his heart, and he begins to say, uh, can I talk to you about something? And he begins to explain the gospel to him, and so now that seed, that word is sown into his heart. And then maybe he doesn't reap that harvest, right? He goes on, and they split up, and then years later, somebody else, Sally, come around, and Sally is pretty, she's gorgeous, and she friends Uncle Joe. And he wants, he's interested in Sally, and Sally says, no, you need to know the God that I serve. And, he be, and Sally began to witness to Joe, right, Uncle Joe, and that now that seed that was in Uncle Joe by that one friend, now that seed is watered. Yeah, right. See, this is how you know the difference between planting and sowing and watering. 
you plant by introducing to somebody who never heard. That's planting. And then if they already heard it, you're watering what they already heard. But guess what? God gives the increase. And so now the friend that sold the seed, Sally is now watering the seed. And again, Sally did not bring him into the, into the gospel. Sally moves away. And now Uncle Joe is alone. And those conversations with the basketball friend. And now those conversations with Sally. Now he's seeing PD on TV. Now he's listening to uh, Brian on the podcast, The Total Fatherhood. And then all of a sudden, bam, oh my goodness, he's connecting the dots. And then now the Spirit of God moves on that seed. And now he's born again. He calls upon the Lord. Oh God, I come to you. Lord, what, what my friend said, the basketball friend said, and what Sally said, and what PD is saying on this television, and what Brian is saying on the total fatherhood, God, I thank you. And now God is using all of that, along with um, 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 Donnie McClurkin singing the song, along with Kurt Franklin, something about the name, and he's hearing all this, and the Holy Spirit is moving on all that is word, and then bringing him into the, to the kingdom. What we want to do, we want to plant we want to water, and we want to reap the harvest. It, it doesn't always happen that way. I, I, I'm guilty. I want the, all of it, right? I want all of it. But God says, wait a minute. <laughs> you you you's going to play your part. So if we all play our part, we all fulfill the kingdom of God, right? We all doing the will of God. So you may be a planter. You may be a, a sower, a waterer, someone who waters. And you may be the one that leads them right into the kingdom. Let's pray. Lord God, I come to you, and I confess that I'm a sinner, and I need Jesus, and I receive Jesus as Lord and as Savior. I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, and I thank you that I am saved. Now, Uncle Joe came right into the kingdom, and you were right there leading Uncle Joe into the kingdom. Amen. Are y'all with me? That's how you witness. That's how you pray. That's how you sow. That's how you water. Amen. And so here we see the harvest. Okay. And so what does this have to do with um, developing your spirit? Everything. And so we, got, we understand that we are spirit. We are spirit. We are a spirit being. We are a spirit. Amen. 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 We are a spirit. We are a spirit. All right. So let's take a look at this. First Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, let's look at this. Developing the human spirit. Hallelujah. Developing the human spirit. Sowing to the spirit. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Time is getting away from us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and let's look at verse 23. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. It says, and now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole what? Spirit. Spirit, and what else? Soul, and what else? And body. Be, be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this show introduced to us the signs of humanity. We are a three-part being. You are a spirit. You have a soul, and you live in a body. You are a spirit. And we'll, we'll explore that a little bit more next week. So I want to get to my main focus, Galatians chapter 6. Chapter six. Galatians chapter 6. So who are you? I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. All right, Galatians chapter 6, let's look at verse 6. It says, let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Now let me just expound on that. What, what does that mean, Pastor Wayne? That means that if I'm sowing spiritual things to you, I should be reaping financial things now. 
Are you with me, right? Yeah, I got quiet. I'm not taking up my offering, right? I'm not going to take my offering for myself right now, right? I'm just saying that if someone is teaching you in the word, you should share good things with the person that is sowing the word to you. Okay, that's scripture. I'm not, I didn't make that up. Verse 7, let's go on. Y'all got quiet on that. Do not be mo- deceived. God is not mocked for wh- whoever, whatever one sows, that will he also reap. So guess what? Guess what? Um, we as Christians don't believe in karma. We do not. Don't participate in that, just like we don't believe in luck. We believe in the law of sowing and reaping. So we reap what we sow. Right, right. So we don't believe in karma. Karma's going to get you. No, no, no. Your, your, what you sow is going to get you. Right. The, the, the seeds that you sow yesterday, you're going to reap them tomorrow. And so it says. Um, so there's, there's the law, the law of sowing and reaping. Let's talk a little bit about this law. As Christians, we, we, we believe in the spiritual law. If you sow financially, you'll reap financially. If you sow love, you'll reap love. If you sow friendship, you'll reap friendship. The Bible says, "He that has friends must first show himself friendly." You got to. Some Christians, I don't. I just don't. I don't have any friends. Well, you need to show yourself friendly, right? You don't. You don't come to people and you down them and 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 discredit them and talk about their sins to them. Are you with me? You ain't gonna have no friends. You're gonna be friendless. So you sow friendless seeds, and therefore you reap a harvest of been having no friends. If you're a gossiper, you're gonna be gossip about. If you sow hatred, you're going to reap hatred. You sow unforgiveness, you're going to reap unforgiveness. If you sow trust, you're going to reap trust. If you sow friendship, you're going to reap friendship. If you sow love, you're going to reap love. If you sow um, buying somebody's lunch, you're going to reap somebody's lunch. time is coming, right? Um, uh, Harvest is always coming. Seed time and harvest. That's that's a law that is in the earth. As long as the earth is in existence, you can believe that as you sow your seeds, you're going to reap a harvest. If you, sow, if you sow bad seeds, you're going to reap a bad harvest. So don't look at God for the harvest that you're reaping right now. Look at what you did. What, all that you said and believed yesterday is what you're seeing today. Amen. All right. Um, verse 8. Let's go. Um, for the one who sows to his what? Own flesh. <laughs> well, from the flesh reap what? Corruption. Uh, if you sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. How do you sow to the flesh? Let me give you some examples. If, if, if I just allow my flesh, feed my flesh whenever it's hungry. I, my flesh, I'm hungry. Some people can't even think without food. And their, God, their belly is their God. And so they're moved by their belly. Their belly moves them. Eat. Some people are, 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 are moved by leaves. Our marijuana, right? They, 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 you know, that leaf, it's time. You know what time it is? It's time to get high right now. It's time to get high right now. <laughs> are you with me? Some people are moved by sexual appetites. They're moved by their members. They're moved by power. Oh, I, I, I want a title. I want a, I, I want, I, I want a title. Everybody's an apostle today. Sit your butt down and be a slave. All right, God called us to be a slave first, right? A servant to Jesus and his kingdom. Everybody want to be an apostle. Everybody want the title but have no power, no demonstration of an apostle. That, I'm going to teach about that one day, about how the, all these so-called apostles, they're not apostles. Don't believe them because they put that title in, their, in their, front of their name. They, they are just slave, they, they are just mere men trying to get the appraisals of people or the praises of people. 
I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to leave that alone. But everybody wants to be apostle. A true apostle doesn't have to say that they're apostle. You don't have to go around and say, I'm a prophet. I'm a, I, I prophesy. Well, well, my dogs prophesy, right? I mean, just because God used you don't mean you know him. The, go, the ultimate goal is not to be used. The ultimate goal is to know God, to know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. That, that, that's to know God. Not to, I want to be used. I want to be used. Uh, he'll use a donkey. Doesn't mean that donkey knows him, right? Um, the children of Israel knew his acts, but Moses knew his ways. And so you, you want to know him. Know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. So if you sow to your flesh, you'll reap corruption. But if, for the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap what? Eternal life. Internal life. So this young man right here, Daniel, is walking down. This is your spirit man. Everybody say, what's up to the spirit man? <laughs> the spirit man. He's the spirit man, right? All right. So we don't see our spirit man, right? We, we see our flesh. We, we see the external. But your spirit man is stronger than, it really knows God more than your flesh, right? And so the Bible says this, if you sow to the Spirit. Now, some people have believed that it's talking about the Holy Spirit. You can't sow to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> How many thought that it was talking about sowing to the Holy Spirit? Anybody? Because it's capitalized in your Bible. <laughs> well, let's take a look at this. Verse 8. Um, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Is that capitalized or what? Okay, so we automatically think it's talking about the Holy Spirit. It's not. It's not. It's talking about the human spirit. So if you sow to your spirit, you'll reap eternal life. Eternal life. So how do you sow to your spirit? How do you sow to I'm glad you asked. First, you, you have to be quick to repent. So when you mess up, confess your sins. And your spirit becomes strong. So if you repent, quick to repent, your spirit gets stronger. Okay, let's look at another one. If, as you feed on the Word of God, you read and you study and you feed on the Word of God, you get stronger. So as, as you feed on the Word of God, you get stronger. So as you eat spiritually, the Bible says my words are life and, and they are what? Spirit. So as I eat the Word, not just memorize it, but as I eat the Word, my spirit man gets stronger. My spirit, I'm soaring to the Spirit. Okay, what else do I have to do? Uh, as I meditate the Word, my spirit gets stronger. As I think about it, I become more sensitive to my spirit, all right? Um, and then as I speak the word, as I confess the word of God, as I confess his word, my spirit gets stronger. And let's go on to, uh, as I pray scripturally, my spirit gets stronger. As I pray in other tongues, my spirit gets stronger. I, I, I am sowing to the spirit as I repent, as I Feed my faith as I meditate, as I speak the word, as I pray the word, as I pray in other tongues, my spirit is getting stronger and stronger. My, I'm sowing to the spirit. See, some of us are you notice that he's comparing the flesh and the spirit. So if you sow to your flesh, that means every time you want to cuss, you cuss. You sow to your flesh. Every time you get angry and you take offense, that's sowing to your flesh. Every time you allow your anger to get the best of you. The best of my emotions, right? Uh, get the best of my love, right? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm thinking. Um, as, as we sow to our flesh, we'll reap death and we reap the curse. 
But as I sow to my spirit, I reap the God kind of life. I, I reap Zoe, the life that, that God, the way God lives. As I sow seeds of peace, I, I'm sowing to my spirit. I'm going to reap peace. As I think about the word, as I think God's thoughts after him, my spirit, I'm sowing to my spirit. Okay, real quick. Um, as you pray in tongues, as I pray in other tongues, I'm sowing to my spirit. As I fast, which most of us don't like doing, as I fast, I'm sowing to my, I'm not sowing to my flesh. My flesh wants to eat. Right? Every time I fast, I think about food that I never thought of, I haven't thought about in years. I think food. I, I, I dream of food, right? The commercials look really good. Oh, God, thank you. I'm going the Impossible Whopper. I don't even eat Burger King, but the Impossible. Oh, they use a scripture. That's, that's a confirmation right there. Right there. Impo impossible. Impossible. <laughs> so we, we I, I, let me just give you a confession. I'm going to confess to you. Um, I, I used to fast all the time, all the time. And, and I couldn't make it past three days. And I justified said, so, well, Jesus died and was in the grave for three days. Hey, that's all I need. <laughs> and, and the Lord is like, I'm calling you for a greater anointing. Well, I guess I, I don't need that great. I just want a little bit. <laughs> if it's causing me to go on a 40-day fast, we can forget this anointing, right? <laughs> I'm a, let me just sow a little bit. So the more you sow to the spirit, the stronger you become spiritually, the more you know God. The less you sow to the flesh. See, as you sow to your flesh, you get to know the devil more. As you sow to your spirit, you get to know God more. So as I sow seeds of love, as I forgive, I'm sowing to the spirit. If, if I hold hatred, I'm sowing to the flesh. If I hold unforgiveness, I'm sowing to the flesh. Amen. As I pray in the spirit, as I pray in tongues, I'm sowing to the spirit. Because the Bible says, thank you, the Bible says, he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but I be in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. And so it says, for I will pray with my spirit, and I will pray with my understanding. So when I pray in tongues, guess who's praying? Okay, so, so for, all right, so here we go. Um, Lord, uh, you know, bless my family. Oh, Lord, uh, you, you know, um, I want that. Aston Martin car, um, God, I, Lord, I just thank you, Lord. I, I want that mansion, God. Um, you know, Jay-Z, um, he's a billionaire, first billionaire in hip-hop. Let me be the first preacher um, as, as a, as a multi-billionaire in Jesus' name, Lord. Oh, God, uh, you know, you know, you know, um, I just, I want to meet that Brooke Shields, Lord. God, uh, I just, Lord, Lord, that Joanne Rosario, God. Lord, I just, oh, God, let, let, let me minister to her. All right, that, that's flesh, right? I'm sowing to the flesh, right? <laughs> All right, <laughs> okay, so, so help me to pray. Help me pray, Spirit. Help me to pray. Help me to pray, Spirit. Go ahead. To give me some, something scripturally to pray. Go ahead. Just feed it to me. Yes, see. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Just give me something to pray scripturally. Father, open the eyes of my eyes. Oh God, Lord, I just want I want TV. I want what's what's Greenleaf talking about. Why do I want to know the brief about Let me, what's happening? So you see, the Spirit is giving me God's word, and my flesh is giving me the world's word. 
Y'all understand that, right? So as I pray in the spirit, he's praying the perfect will of God for my life. My spirit is praying God's will, and my flesh wants to pray, pray according to my flesh. Thank you, sir. Y'all give it up for Daniel. So to your spirit, so that makes you want to speak in tongues a little bit more, right? So the spirit is saying something as you speak in tongues. It's not just, you know, just making a bunch of syllables, right? You're actually praying God's will. God has some things in mind. He's, the spirit is praying about your future in God. While we're concerned about now, Holy Spirit is praying about the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's praying for the, the mission of God, the will of God, the kingdom of God. Real quick, um, fasting is one way we sow to the Spirit. Solitude, we don't know too much about that. Solitude is a way that we, we sow to the Spirit. The Bible says in Psalm 46, verse 10, be still and know that I'm God. So learning how to be quiet in his presence. We don't always have to talk. Sometimes we talk, one, one time the Holy Spirit told me, he said, you speak too much, you, you talk too much, so shut up. The Holy Spirit told me that, or my spirit told me that, told me to shut up. That's not God. Yes, it is, because we talk too much. Always rambling in the presence when we need to be quiet. Learning how to receive. So, so, so if I, let me use your example, come on, set up. So if I'm trying to give you some, turn around. <laughs> if I'm trying to give you something, what do you have to do? Take it. Take it, right? But but if you start talking. What's up? Hey, hey, receive, receive. What? <laughs> receive. No, I don't know what you're <laughs> So 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 right, right? So what happens, right? I, I gotta do better with my actors. <laughs> so what happens? <laughs> what happened, right? What happens? No, no, no. What happened is that. We just need to be quiet in his presence, but we're talking. We're just, you know, he's trying to download and give us stuff. When somebody comes up to receive healing, you know, and they say, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Oh, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. They're not going to receive healing. I'm going to tell you that. When I go lay hands on them, there is no healing coming their way because they are talking. Ah, da, da, da. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. When I pray for the th hundreds of people that I've prayed for and perhaps thousands to receive the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, most of the time, if they get up there and they're like, huh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, it's not coming out. It's just not coming out. They're not, they're gonna, not going to speak in tongues. But if they're quiet, lift up their hands, and they receive, then the Holy Spirit can speak to their spirit and give them supernatural divine utterance and open their mouth, and the Spirit of God can flow like a river. Out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. Are you with me? There are people who come in his presence, and because they're always, they have their agenda, and they're talking and talking and talking, they're never able to receive. Receive. Even, even when you hear the word, sometimes it doesn't always require a response. Just receive. Hear and receive. Be still. Be, you don't have to cry all the time in his presence. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Sometimes you just be quiet. Sometimes just learning how to shut your mind down and just receive his presence. Just receive his presence. Not saying a word. Sometimes in, in some, some religious circles, they think you got to shout. They think you got to yell. They think you got to, you know, just always say something, but just learning how to receive. You will grow more spiritually if you learn how to be quiet in his presence, that you do all the talking in the world. Hallelujah. Just receive. Don't force it. 
Some people think if they do stuff, they, they gonna, it's going to get them in position to receive. Um, so that's how you sow to the Spirit. La- last one is giving beyond your tithe. You sow into the Spirit. I, I'm, I'm, something happens spiritually when I honor God with my tithe, and I go beyond that, and I sow. And I not only sow in the local church, but I sow into other people. That, my tithe connects me to the blessing, and my offerings connects me to the overflow. And so as I give in the local assembly, as I give to other ministries, as I give to my fellow neighbor, it opens a door in which no man can close. I'm telling you, learning how to sow to your spirit. If you sow to the flesh, you'll reap death and corruption. If you sow to the spirit, you'll reap the God kind of life. You'll live on a higher level. Learning how to sow. So instead of cuss and bless, bless. Instead of always responding with a word, don't say anything. When you encounter racism, put on love. Let the love of God be shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. Realizing Jesus died for the one who's been abused through racism and the one who's given the abuse. Jesus died for the master and the slave. The same blood that can cleanse the slave will cleanse the master. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Racism. Learning how to love the racist. I will not put my, my blackness above the kingdom. I love Jesus too much. And because I love Jesus too much, I love you too much. And I'm not going to use the color card. I'm going to use the Jesus card. And Jesus says, love your enemies. And pray for those that despitefully use you. Bless those that curse you. You're cursing me because of my skin. I bless you because I'm in God. I bless you. I release the blessings on you. I call the blessings of God on you. I love you into heaven. I love the hell out of you. And I love the heaven into you. I don't know why I got into racism, but it is what it is, right? It is what it is. I'm going to use the Jesus card, and I'm going to love people. I mean, they, they, they can't figure it out. Petey, are you, you, are you pro-black or pro-white? Or, or, you know, what are, I'm pro-Jesus, and because I'm pro-Jesus, I'm, I include everybody. I, I love people, and I'll talk with the old, nasty, racist man in my job, and I'll talk to the young black woman who's confused about her religion on my job. I, I talk to the Muslims, and I talk to the gays. Come on now. I just said a mouthful. Loving people, regardless of where they are. I'm not going to beat them on the head. I'm going to get down there and get to know them. Talk to me. Let me, get, let me establish a rapport so perhaps the Holy Spirit will move on me and give me a door into your heart so I can witness to you. Because they'll call on me when they're in trouble. I'll talk to the drug dealer on my street, and I'll talk to the one who's, who's involved in drugs, been abusing drugs. Are you with me? Loving people, loving that relative that is hateful. Loving them, praying for them, and being there for them. Father God, I thank you for this time. I praise you, God. I thank you that we are so to the spirit and not to our flesh. May this week we'll, we'll, we'll grow in that. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Give it up for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 
That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.